no shit. And we are rolling. <laughs> Mr. Steve Creep. A man that I met in round 1998 at Club Zone. Then it was Club One, I believe. Yeah. And you were playing in a band called the Capones. Yeah. Rock and roll dude right from the first time I met you. And I knew right away that you were one of the lifers. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you play music for a long time, you see so many people come and go. I got to take these glasses off. Man. Yeah. You, you, some people, you look at them and you know right away. You're like, you'll be gone in a year. You don't actually look that different. Than nah, you did back then. I guess. <laughs> really? A little more. <laughs> a little more waist fat and facial hair, but yeah. <laughs> Am I right to think that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Am I right thinking that you, you pretty much live off of music now? Yeah, I do. Like uh, completely, right? Yeah. There's not that many people that I know that actually live 100% off it. Yeah. But I don't live off my music. I live off someone else's. But it's still making music. <laughs> well, it's still paying Or adults. whatever comes with it, right? Whatever comes with mm. it, yeah. Because right now, if I'm not mistaken, you play in a couple of bands and yeah. you sing solo in pubs or wherever yeah. you can play, right? Because you've got to make a living doing whatever it Whatever right you want to hire me for, that's what I'll do. Oh, so you're a whore. I'm a total musical I love whore. it. <laughs> Put a guitar or whatever you want in my hands, an instrument of any kind, and I'll, I'll make some kind of noise and mm -hmm. not disappoint you. <laughs> how, how many years do you think you've been playing music for? I started I started drums uh, when I was 15 in 1988 and I got my first gig in probably uh, just a few years after that 91 or 92 maybe was like my, my first gig and then I was I started touring in, in my second band in 94 uh, it just took off right away so what was your second band? I was pushing up daisies. I was right. Somebody was. I was talking about you yesterday. Well, I, technically I, my first band, but like. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. I'm like, yeah, Steve Creek coming on, and I, I think his first like major band anyway was pushing up daisies because yeah. you, you guys toured quite a bit back then. Yeah, I we had the videos and the tours. And yeah, that, in the cool. '80s, rocking the '80s. Well, it, was, it was '94 to '97. Oh, okay. That yeah. run, yeah. See, K-Man yeah. don't know shit. K-Man <laughs> don't know shit living up to his name. Right. That, that's it. That's it. And, and that's all in Montreal, basically, right? Like, uh, you grew up playing music in Montreal. Yeah, even though we toured, we were always from Montreal and mm -hmm. based here, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I know, like, uh, one of the things I want to talk to you about, because and why I said uh, your first band was Pushing Up Daisies and you guys toured and stuff, I mean, you are one of the people that I know that have been able to see tours on many levels. Yeah. And because I know that you just came off a gig as being a guitar tech mm -hmm. for the Def Leppard Tesla uh, tour, the Canadian part we of did it? did the whole Canadian run, and I did some American dates with Tesla on the way back. Okay, so yeah. you know what it is to be in, if you're lucky, a van <laughs> when you if start. If you're lucky, a van, yeah, sometimes <laughs> right? you're like, in, in the early days of the Capones, we were going in two cars. That's like it. Brian would be in his car behind us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gotten that 77 Chevy or something. It was yeah. terrible. Or maybe an early 80s Chevy. It was... No hotels included. Oh, you're, you're looking, you're, any girl that'll let you stay in their house or a sound man, you know, yeah. nice enough. That's that's where you stayed, yeah. You know, it, so it's funny because... Uh, and, and then being on a bus is like... Well, that's, that's it. another world. You, you are one of the few people I know that know the difference between, and when I say a major tour, we're talking buses. I mean, you know, the production level of a Def Leppard Tesla tour must be absolute. Like, you know, they're up there on the top. You just, know? just Tesla alone was one crew bus and one a band bus with a semi with all the equipment in it. Mm -hmm. And then Def Leppard, I mean, the band alone, I think, had three buses. And then there was this, the, the production was just mental. 
right. mental. I can't even in the teens as far as uh, buses were concerned, and then you you add the semis for all that video equipment, and it's like for the live show video equipment or yeah, yeah, they because they've got like a city where you don't see. Uh, in the audience part of the arena is underneath those rafters. It's just Technoville. It's <laughs> cameras, and I, I, I can't even. I don't even know what half that stuff does. But there's just an army of guys controlling stuff, and it's yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I've never seen like really. Uh, I mean, I've been to a few major productions. Like the last big show I saw was Iron Maiden, and. Um, I, I'm the type of guy that usually hangs out in small clubs and you know watches the local guys play. But I mean to be able to to know what goes on like on those major tours is a whole thing, man. I mean yeah. you know it's it, it's like a the Soleil production oh, style thing, you know. Like I say, it's army ants, you know. Like uh -huh. you, you, I mean, it's one thing to see it from a spectator, but then to see it from underneath is mm -hmm. it's a whole other thing. Because now you got the they're hiring stage crews, so you need somebody to charge those stage crews around, and they got specific stage crews. Some are for Video equipment, stage equipment, band equipment. So it's 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 all got to be really organized. And uh, you know, if one person loses their step, it, it changes the rhythm. I'm sure. So eh? it's there's got to be a flow. Like even the stage hands, man. I, I, watching them work is just nuts. It's just nuts because they don't know what they're doing. They're just like, "What am I supposed to do?" And they, right, you right. Know? And and it, it's it's not. I'm not like insulting them, but like this is a new production to them every single time. Okay. They don't know the specific words for a lot of these pieces mm -hmm. of equipment are like oh bring that there and this there and is everything separated in teams it, it, on the on the headlining thing it is okay yeah. you know with, with us we have local stage hands to to roll in and out the gear uh-huh but we are in charge of our corner so like i'm frank hannon's tech and, mm -hmm. and at stage left so whatever whatever comes off the the the, 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 tr the truck i have to say okay stage left just leave it there and i'll i'll figure it out you do the setup on it and i do the general setup yeah, yeah. so <laughs> what would an average day consist of i mean we're talking your role as a guitar tech you know the the, the circus rolls in the town what's yeah. up <laughs> uh you're, you're you wake up in a bus you're not sure where you are <laughs> <laughs> so you're sleeping in the bus i'm then. sleeping in the bus okay. there's, there's a, probably about uh 11 of us mm -hmm. on the bus maybe 8 to 11 people depending including band or the band's got their own bus and right. they, they travel with their uh, tour manager and sometimes the monitor guy is okay. is on their bus with us one of the band members that must have been the guy with the weed how'd he get on the band bus <laughs> I, I, I guess like uh, seniority rules or whatever right, you know? right. I guess they, I mean you have to compromise but they have definitely have a nicer bus than, than the uh, crew bus ours was still I'm not complaining that was <laughs> right, right. it was just a lot of people on one bus so uh -huh. like I try to make, my, make myself disappear a lot. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the guy being in the way. Right, right. Nobody wants to be that loud mouth guy on the bus. No, right? no, exactly. <laughs> so you you would wake up. Nobody would wake you up. You just start hearing people wake up mm -hmm. through the curtains because you're in this like little coffin with a curtain that slides across. And right. You start hearing bodies move. You're like, oh, the bus stopped moving. I, I guess everyone's waking up. We must be at the arena. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a false alarm. You wake up, you realize you're just at a gas station. Whatever, you know? <laughs> so you get in the arena. It's around nine o'clock. Nothing happens till at least ten. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I would get. I walk in the arenas and just give myself a tour. Being a hockey fan, I never really seen a lot of these arenas. From it's true. Eh? All these big productions. Well, maybe not all of them, but most of them in Canada are probably in hockey arenas. A right? lot of them are. Yeah. Are, and, and a lot of these are NHL arenas. So I want to see. And even the ones that weren't in HL arenas, they're AHL arenas. So I mm -hmm. want to see, you know, where like a lot of the, 
the, the, the, the up and comers come from. You yeah, know? yeah absolutely. to see the pictures on the walls of where Patrick Kane came from and, and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty cool. It's funny, know? rock and roll life in Canada, right? Tim Hortons and hockey. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that's right. pretty much it. And yeah. rock and roll. <laughs> so you, you get off the bus, and, and uh, keep in mind, we're the opening act, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to respect the headliners, got to do what they got to do. And you got to be out of out of their way, but still get your job done. So, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. And when when they're first, they're setting up their video wall. The stage is on the sound man side of the arena. They're, they're assembling that. Then they roll it underneath the lights once the lights are up. So mm-hmm. it's like I said, army ants. Like one guy's got to have this complete by the time that's complete, and that goes up, that slides on. It's just Tetris. It's crazy. <laughs> and. Um, so what's well, the first thing you do once you okay? Like you're waiting for your time, I guess, to move. I look for somebody. To, I look for somewhere to shower you know, go to the bathroom because you can't right. do any of that on the bus, right? No washrooms on the bus. Oh, you, you can go to the bathroom on the bus, but not, yeah, yeah. not number two, only number one on the bus. That's, really? Yeah, that's the rule. Yeah. Shit. I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no shit. Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're you're running around looking for a lot of times you're scrounging for a shower. Yeah. I mean, in in this case scenario. I don't know how every single band does it, but um, as the opener, we're, they're trying to save costs, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're making money, don't get me wrong, but there's it, it costs a lot of money to do this. Right. So you got two semis you got to pay. You got a, a truck uh, that, that's holding all the gear you got to pay. Then you got to pay those drivers. If you're doing extended drives, they're not allowed driving past uh, 10, 11 hours, so they got to get another driver in. So now, right, now you're, right. you're paying extra shifts drivers. That's six drivers on the long drives. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Everything else, like you got a guitar tech, a second guitar tech, bass tech, drum tech, assistant, sound man, monitor guy, uh, tour manager, lighting guy. I mean, it's boom, boom, boom. It starts yeah. racking up the costs, you know, and, and some of these guys are not hurting. They're, they're making all right money. So it's uh, it, it costs a lot of money for a band like Tesla to do this. I would love to see the breakdown of that one day, like to say, you know, yeah, h- like, how much you're paying out versus how right. much is coming in per show, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and, a, and in America, these guys getting taxed hard, so it's... I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much they make at the end of the day, but mm-hmm. it, it costs a lot to make this happen. And, and, it, and it takes a certain uh, uh, person to do that, that job, too, because you got to be away from home for a certain amount of time. And, you know, you know how that is. Yeah, yeah. You, you toured. So, it, it, you know, you, you got, A, you got to know your job. You got to know your place mm-hmm. more than anything, you know. Like, uh, you're like, as me as a musician, I'm not, I'm not Steve the musician anymore. I'm Steve Frank's tech. So, <laughs> so you're not just tuning guitars. Like, you set up your corner. Everyone's setting up their corners. And this is my first tour with Tesla, so I'm trying to learn their system. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask frequent questions. I'm that annoying guy. Like, so, hey, guys, what do you do in this Canadian, you know, how are we doing this? Was how there one guy that was always there for you? For uh, Yeah, there was like two, maybe two, three yeah. guys that were there. And they, when you couldn't go to one, you'd go to the other, and, you, and you'd try and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you'd improvise and either sink or swim, but <laughs> they were understanding. They were a great crew. Nobody, <coughs> nobody was really too harsh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you got sta- uh, stage left, and you're over there, and you have a setup for the, for the guitars, and then you have yeah. your amps and stuff. Are the amps on stage, the ones he's using, or are they ones under the stage? No, uh, for, for both Def Leppard and Tesla, mm-hmm. they're, they're both on stage stage okay yeah. just because I, I know at some big tours they they kind of have dumb, yeah dummy I, I think acdc they... actually have their heads and i think kiss do that too right 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 in isolation yeah. uh, rooms there right well, well tesla have a, a brilliant um setup and i think this is why they get a lot of like arena opening tours mm-hmm. is because they're very efficient and really professional about it they can tear that stage down in like three to three and a half minutes to five minutes wow it's unbelievable <laughs> the drums come in two sections uh, it's the back part and the front part. The drums are already set up on the riser mm-hmm. you know, on a rack. He pretty much has to add the floor tom and the seat 
and the lights are, are on, on the drum riser already. There's three racks of lights, like LED screens behind. They're, they're kind of like just sitting behind the, the stacks. Mm-hmm. And, and the stacks are matching on both sides of the stage. So there's an SVT um, and two walls of cabs with backup heads and everything. And it's all bolted yeah. in. So the so, bass player has his bass uh, coming in on both sides of the drum set. Yeah. yeah. But it's funny because he plays like a Hofner. So that one comes through on this side. But his Gibsons all come on that side. So oh, really? Yeah. It's really That's funny. funny. He's got his, yeah, he's got his system. And it's funny, like, even though... Dave Rude's playing through something that's on this side. He's only coming out of that side. I think it's just more like to make it look symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And, right, right. But their system is is brilliant, and it, it it just rolls on and off stage. The whole wall just slides on. That's wild. I think I sp- I take longer than that just like untangling my patch cord, you know. Right. And that's another funny thing. Frank Frank runs old school. He's got like a fifty foot patch cord oh, really? on an arena. He's the only guy I still see doing that on arena stages. And it, Does he have somebody running behind him trying to like you know well, make it so people aren't I, tripping up in it? I'm watching him the whole time. I'm on the stairs and I'm just like, because uh, I mean he's got a big pedal board. It's like almost the size of his table. And, it, <laughs> and there's a whole reason for that too. It's not complicated, but it's it's just practical. Right. And so. He's running around, and every now and then, you know, like there's, you know, a, the corner of the the, the, the pedal board will, will kind of snag mm-hmm. onto the wire, and he's like, he'll be like, he'll shoot me the look. <laughs> but other than that, he's he's really got it down. He's been doing it for so long. He'll just run and he'll he he does the the, the coral toss. You're right, right. <laughs> so he he's really got his shtick down. Mm-hmm. He's been doing this for so long. He's so professional. Yeah. You know? See, I always find it cool. I mean, like, I, both you and I, we've both been playing music for way too long to mention you know i mean but there's something that's radically different about major scale shows that's why i thought it was really interesting having you on here because even though a lot of people play music or a lot of people we know have played music for so long there's always little things in those big productions that you had no idea like right. like for instance you're talking about the drum kit coming in in two halves right. you know what i mean i had no idea that they ever right. did that you know in def leppard <clears throat> they come they get it, it's a, it's all in one road case it's this massive road case it's already set up what they roll it on stage. They put it on the riser, and they take the case off, like da da, like like they're serving dinner. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's it. It's it's already there. All the cabs are underneath the uh, the riser. The, the only thing with them that's different is Tesla control their own pedals. Okay. Whereas Def Leppard, it's all the the techs. It, was it a, the same tech though? Was it the guitar tech that was doing the pedals, or another tech was do, taking care of the pedals? No, like if you're Phil Collins tech, yeah. you're you're changing his strings, you're making sure everything's good, and you're you're, you're like tap dancing. So you need to pedal. thank Frank for pressing his own pedals then. Yeah, right? yeah, he, he took the pressure <laughs> off there, That's you know. It. And, and Frank's got like a really like Def Leppard are a bigger production, right? Uh-huh. If, you, if you listen to those albums like Hysteria and, and mm-hmm. all that, like yeah, there's. For sure. There's a lot uh, sonically going on, mm-hmm. whereas Def Leppard is, yeah, I mean, Tesla is much more of a an Aerosmith rootsy rock yeah, kind of yeah. band. So yeah, he plays vintage guitars and everything, and he's still, yeah, he plays still plugs SGs. in a cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there's that. It's it's a lot more uh, stripped down, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it, it, it's it's funny watching the two dynamics. Yeah. Work and, all right, so now Def Leppard's set up. They're done their sound check and everything. Now it's go time for you guys. I'm under the hall. I take out Frank's vault. And I open it up and I start, I ask him, hey, what what do you want me to change today? Normally, mm-hmm. it's always the acoustic. He, he uses that a lot, so he wants that changed every day, okay. most of the time. And then there's, every, you know, which SG, feel, feel, sometimes he'll leave it to me. He'll be like, oh, what do you feel? And I'll, I'll wipe over the strings and have a look, you know. <laughs> he lets me, you know, do whatever I want most of the time. Nice. And he trusts me. And he has his, he has his way of doing things, and mm-hmm. I have to do it his way, and that's cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I had a lot of freedom. I heard it could be a lot worse than that. 
okay. for some guys getting into this, you know, they're, you're working for a much more difficult like artist. And <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'd hate to be in that today. Like I just heard that um, Lauren Hill was in town, just ripping into her monitor guy the whole time. I, I just heard that as well. Like yeah. it, I didn't even know that was a story, but apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like I, it started showing up all over my Facebook. Feed. Like, oh God, I, I, I know what that must feel like. Right? I've been on the side of that stage, and you know when somebody's pointing at you, and there's a light, and there, the audience is staring at you. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's. <laughs> you know, I was just nervous screwing up on my job, and there, there was a few hiccups here and there, and uh, Frank would laugh about it. Frank, yeah. Frank made a few hiccups too, where he put on a slide bar and stuff. So yeah. I'd have to. It would be my my job to think of ways of, of curing it. But yeah, so nine o'clock you show up, ten o'clock Def Leppard's stage is starting to go up. Normally around noon. The stage is getting there, and uh, Def Leppard show up around 3 o'clock, and uh, by about 4, they're doing their sound check. Oh, wow. That's so they're walking. Yeah, sometimes Phil Collin and Rick Allen are in there like 8 in the morning, and they're exercising. Like, Phil works out all day long, mm-hmm. and uh, Rick Allen would just be watching the production go up. He just likes to roam the halls, and he, sometimes he'd stop and chat, you know? Right on. And these are, I had these albums growing up, so for me, it was just like... We, we all hey, did, oh, and we admit it. There's, there's just, yeah, they're all just cool. There's Rick walking through the aisles. Hey, Rick, you know? And yeah, sometimes yeah. he'd talk, sometimes he'd have to go, but... Um, so you're basically just trying to get your job done, but I, I, being as it was my first uh, experience underneath the stage, I wanted to kind of see everything that was going on. So if I had a free moment, I'd always kind of like just take a walk around, sit in the stands and watch. I'd watch mm-hmm. Def Leppard sound check sometimes if I was already done what I had to do. Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you got to keep in contact with your with your boss. So I'm asking Frank, you need water and you need you need guitars backstage. What do you need? You need something mm-hmm. from the bus? Because they go on tour with bu- like bikes and stuff. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. So he'd be like, get my bike out of the bus. I want to go for a ride. And <laughs> in Montreal, he was he was riding like down Long Gay right here on the South Shore. Really? Yeah. Right on. That's funny. Yeah, well, why on the South Shore? Uh, because uh, they were parked right by Long Gay Metro because uh, a lot of times we're in the outskirts because it's just easier to park buses there. Uh, right, and don't right. forget, with Def Leppard in town as well, they're getting dibs on wherever they're going to park their buses. Gotcha. You're, you're a guest, so you're just trying to stay mm-hmm. out of their way in any way possible. <laughs> you're not trying to get into the next town first and be like, oh, I got your parking spot. And... <laughs> so there, it's a lot of that. You're just kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's probably cheaper to, 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 to park on yeah. the hotel. So... Now you got the ch- the strings are all checked on all the guitars, you know, rusty ones are changed and right. all, all this kind of thing. Did you set up the amps as well? Yeah, well, the stagehands come in and they place everything, mm-hmm. and then I got to wire up the wall to his pedal board, and then I got to run the snake across the front of the stage and do his mic. He has like a little uh, a, a tri system where I run his theremin, his mic, and his uh, acoustic all through this one snake. So I have to hook all that up, make sure it's it's working, and then yeah. uh, make sure his guitars are ready. You know, with the with the Def Leppard tour, they don't do their own check. Okay. Uh, Def Leppard do their own check, but like Tesla don't. Oh really? Yeah, because you're running on a very limited time. Tesla were normally doing their meet and greet. Right. Uh, and that was when we were doing their check for them. Okay. So my job would be to do Frank's guitar and just mm-hmm. go through the motions. And you, you rarely had time to even do a song. We only started playing full songs on the uh, on the headlining tour because then they got the whole day to themselves. Right, right. Then you get the bands. time. Yeah. <laughs> and you have another now guest to stay out of your feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're, you're, you're still trying to like give, you, you want to give people, everybody a fair chance. Yeah, too, you know? like, for sure. For they sure. have a good reputation, I think, for, yeah. for being really Well, in this cool. business, there's really something to be said about be kind to whoever it is because oh, you, yeah. you know 10 years go by next thing you know uh, you know that guy's headlining or whoever well, you know? let me tell you Frank, <laughs> Frank is like I, I met a few rock stars in my day 
and Frank is one of the, the nicest guys you can mm-hmm. look for and, and, and most underrated guitar players I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I Even growing up with them having like three, four albums, I, I had no idea what this guy was really capable of. I mean, he does solo gigs. You should see what he does on his own. But It always blows my mind. You get these uh, you know, guys that have been playing their whole life, all right? You know, and they've been playing in maybe one band for 30 or 40 years. You know that when they hear back those old albums, they're probably way better guitar players now than they were oh, when yeah. they, they did that too. And you know he was what I mean? great <laughs> back then, but when you're listening now, you're like, wow, yeah, he, he is even... I mean, they start the show with guitar solos. <laughs> really? <laughs> they, they, they have a song called Coming Out You Live, and Frank walks on stage, and he's he's just ripping right away. There's not The drummer's not even there yet. <laughs> and then Dave comes on the other side, and they do a duel. Right, right. And then that's when they start the song, and it's you're just like, man, you got... Like normally, I, I, for me, I'm not a nearly as accomplished guitar player. So like, I need three songs just to make sure my voice and my my fingers are ready. Mm-hmm. This guy's just coming out of the gates, <laughs> mind you. He's in his he's in his room noodling. That's it. He's been he's warming up for an hour up. already, yeah. right? Well, I'm tuning his strings. He's already warmed exactly. Up. Yeah. All right. So now you got the amp set up. You got his strings are all tuned up. You got his picks in the you yeah. know or his slides or whatever. All Everything's all ready to go. Show starts. What do you have to do during the show? A whole time the show's going, while trying not to enjoy it too much, <laughs> I'm like, I'm wiping down guitars, I'm tuning the next one that he's got, I'm mm-hmm. keeping an eye on him while I'm doing this, like, so I'm like, behind his vault, and I'm just kind of looking over, making sure, and then I, I go to the stairwell as the the end of the song nears, and uh, and I just kind of waiting around, and watching his eye contact, so you, you, you gotta learn the, the little habits there, mm-hmm. he makes it really easy, you know, but uh, there was one funny show where... Uh, I had to switch guitars with him, and he goes, here, just take this one and hold on. And he runs back behind the lead screen behind Def Leppard Center. Yeah. Where the fuck is he going, you know? And I'm like, well, okay, I think I got a second here. I can run back and put the guitar in the vault, and I'll give him the other one by the time he's ready. <laughs> Comes back and I, I was so nervous. I gave him the wrong one. I gave him the one he just gave me. Oh man! I was like, what the fuck's going on? Man? <laughs> and after the show, I go, man, I'm so sorry. I go, where'd you go? And he goes, oh man. My, I can feel like the breeze coming on my dick, man. It, it, my zipper was down. He's playing in an arena, you know. Right, He's right, like, right. Jesus Christ, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta run behind the lead screen without making it look obvious. He's like, I thought you were gonna say he had to go take a leak or something. No, no, zipping up like behind the stage, and I think he hit like leather pants on with the buttons, you know. So uh-huh. it took him a few seconds or whatever. <laughs> There's another moment where he forgot his slide bar and he came running out. I thought he was coming to give me shit. I'm like, uh-huh. oh fuck, I screwed something up. Here he comes. You see, you know. Well, it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, being in a role, like I understand getting nervous. Uh, in that tip snare. I mean, the shows are what 17, 18,000 people a night or whatever it in is. Certain arenas, so you, you know, a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even any fuck up, really, you know, the show's on hold for a second. Sorry, my guitar tech's got to go. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you've seen those stories. I've seen, I, I saw Peter Chris once rip into a, a tech, and I was like, oh. <laughs> that feeling that that poor guy must have, you know, yeah. uh, David Lee Roth at the US Festival during Ice Cream Man, he's going off, and 200,000 people there, you know, right, and he's, right. and he's He's singling the guy out, you know. A <laughs> little more feedback, Johnny. A little more feedback, and he's all drunk and he's hide. Yeah, he's taunt. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh god, you must feel like shriveling up and yeah, just disappearing, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> we know who's not meeting. We get on the night. bus and he's fucking <laughs> hanging there, you know, all dead. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, so you got you have an hour. Like I remember the uh, the Def Leppard uh, sound check would be four to five. And then we're five to six. Doors open at six, so we got to be off stage at six. Right, right. But what's more stressing than that is Def Leppard do their meet and greets 
during that time and there's a VIP crowd that come in and take a photo on stage. So mm. they're waiting rows of people are waiting on the side while we're checking and the stage manager's like, hey, yeah, yeah, make room. Make, yeah, <laughs> you, uh, chop, 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 you know? So like, we're like, oh, okay, it's good enough. It's good enough. And the, right. like once I said that, that band is so, they're so in tune. The monitor guy knows them. The sound guy knows them mm-hmm. so well that it's, it, it comes together even when it's rushed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, you pass off some guitars, you know, chain strings on some probably live uh, every once in a while. And then you have to unload shows over. You and know, there's a hustle and bustle. You're, yeah. you're trying to stay out of Def Leppard's way before they get on stage. Mm-hmm. So like the second while they're playing signs, which is their, their, their last song. Of the right. Night, I'm already unplugging. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So they end with the acoustic song. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's the it's a big song. So yeah, people, everyone's singing along, and All it's right, not, it, they they kind of rock it up a bit uh-huh. live. It starts with the acoustic, and then it he has an acoustic on a stand. That that was a, a big part of my responsibility was he has this stand that's large like your table. Getting back to what mm-hmm. we were talking about, and it it's just like a metal post that sticks into it with the stand on it. Right. So he plays it in one verse. Sometimes he doesn't even play it, but I got to bring it up for modern day cowboy for one two verses, and then <laughs> when he goes to do the solo, I run on stage and I got to unplug it and run it. Right, right. So uh, he uses it in Signs, Love Song, and um, uh, Little Susie. Yeah. Those were like the last three songs. And oddly enough, all the acoustic. Those are all 80s songs, too, right? Yeah, they're all, yeah. Well, Signs was 92, I think. Okay. What are the crowds like? Like, I mean, you know, because there is something in the music industry that happened. I mean, you know, 80s and and, and 90s and stuff. You know, there's all these huge bands that haven't, you know, the number of huge bands in that era that are still going to, like, that are really big and still doing tours actually surprised me. There's a lot of them, but you know, slowly they're getting older and some of them are, are stopping. Well, but has the new wave really come in and taken over that space yet? I'm not so convinced, you know, I, it's, it's funny because music is so different now that, um, I really don't know what the demographic would be, what their parallel audience would be. Like look at old bands. Now, if you go to a kiss show or, you know, Def Leppard mm-hmm. even are at that age now right. where they're becoming ACDC and classic rock bands like that, they're, yep. they're on that same boat. So their, their fans are predominantly old, but because of their, their classic status, young kids are getting into it. Like mm-hmm. when I, I'm in the pubs, I see what kids like and th- they're into Pink Floyd and all kinds of stuff. And you're right. like, wow, like, I don't even know where you hear this. I mean, the internet clearly is, mm-hmm opening things up right but uh i don't know what tesla fans what young tesla fans would be listening to in today's music right like, yeah what maybe the darkness or, or mm-hmm. something like that I, I i wouldn't even be able to tell you see neither would i and that's kind of what i'm getting at it's like i don't feel like that next wave of stadium rock or whatever right it is has actually happened yet i mean there yeah, are there's some, some big, big bands ones but they're more flash in the pans like mm-hmm. if you look at black keys i right. saw them live twice and they they sell right to the rafters mm-hmm the show is not really exciting. I can't picture these guys doing that 10, 15 years from, but then again, Weezer are pretty boring live and they still pack. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Man. I mean, it is what it is. I love Weezer. I yep. still go to the show, but it, it's, they're not nearly like the old yep. bands. And great songs will always get you. Right. <laughs> great, and, and a great performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these younger bands are not giving it the way the old ones do. And I right. think that's what's kept the old ones around this long. Mm-hmm. Like the only newish band that I could say, like from the last generation, would yeah. be Muse. That like still, they bring the full production, the talent levels there, the, everything is there. I mean, for arena rock, right? You know? Well, th- well, that's it because we're really talking about that. Level I'm talking right top now. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
Coldplay, I guess because they're like you two. You know, I can like, still never. Uh, I gotta admit, me I too. can still never finish one song. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've, 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 I've had to play a few songs. So I'm I've sorry, brother. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people love them. That's cool because you know that's one of the cool things about music too. Is you know, there's a lot of selection out there, so you can like what you like and throw away what you don't like. You know, yeah. I can just never do it. You know, well, th that's one thing. Like, I didn't consciously become a pub musician, but have being thrown into that world and and starting to enjoy it and mm -hmm. realizing there was something for me there. Right. I, I wanted to be a tattoo artist. Really? I, I did, didn't want to be a pub musician at all. Have was, you tattooed, uh, done a lot? I, I've never tattooed. I, I, and I was, I was, I started buying the materials. Yeah. And I was gonna go apprentice, and then the gigs just started. Boop, 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 boop. I have a probably one of my best ideas ever. <laughs> we should get a bottle of whiskey. And That's get a good you idea. A I like that and, idea. And, yeah. <laughs> Stop there. <laughs> and, and then we'll get all the gear you need tattoo, and you can give me your first tattoo just live like all that. All right. Boom, I'm in. I'm in. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> right. All right. But I mean, half the bottle has to be gone before we start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the other half has to be just disinfected. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. That sounds about right. Now, you told me coming here, you, you don't do drugs at all. No. Congratulations, sir. Not well, too many people I know can say that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I, I drink a lot of whiskey. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not a saint. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I never accuse you of being either, you know? I probably should have done drugs because I used to get myself in a lot of trouble when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But uh, my no. dad used to be like, what's your deal, you know? Yeah. Like, are you on drugs? And be like, no, I mean, maybe I should be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I find it's actually rare. To, to hear that these days, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, you get people that are grow up with alcohol. Oh, I won't even get into a debate of what's better, what's worse for you. Right, I mean, everything's different. It's what exactly, you know, it is. It, it, it is what it is, and uh, it's not a righteous vegan attitude. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just I just never want to do drugs. Yeah. I don't feel compelled to do drugs, and, and that's, that's cool. That's Again, that, that's what I like. Uh, you know, in society right now, you you can choose to do what you want to do, and I'm all right with it. Pretty much everything. If you're okay hurting with me else, you know? not doing it, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I I used to be friends with this guy who was a, a heroin addict, and he'd come crash on my couch mm -hmm. and be like, "Hey, Steve, I, if I conk out, you know, like, <laughs> slap me in the face or something." I'm like, "That's a, that's a lot of responsibility. Your, yeah, <laughs> your right? life you're talking about, you know." Yeah, man. But this guy, he's worked with with some greats like Van mm -hmm. Halen. And Metallica, he was a monitor guy for some of these yeah. massive tours, and you're like, he's sitting on my fucking couch, and he's <laughs> gonna die. Like, he's, he's got those he, faraway eyes already going. But he was one of the most loyal friends I'd ever had. Yeah, like honestly, I can't say See, enough good things. One of the coolest things in that whole piece is actually like. You know, there's a lot of people that say, what, you could say it about alcohol. Oh, that person drinks, so he's a bad person. Or this yeah, person yeah. does drugs, and so he's a, ba a bad... Yeah. And you hear it all the time. Like, yeah. all the time. You know, I've never... I've always tried to separate what a person does to whether he's a good person or not. Right. Or how do you judge if somebody is a good person? Is it just your idea of what good is or right. not? And all that kind of thing. But it is, honestly. And good really... people do bad things and bad people Absolutely. do good things. Absolutely. Hitler loved his dog. Right, right. You know what I mean? I'm sure it was well, a great I, dog. I'm sure it was, sure was a great husband, you know? <laughs> God damn. That escalated fast. <laughs> Went right to the roof on that one. <laughs> Shit, you could have started with the old man down the road, you know? No, I like to state my point. Right, exactly. Really clear. <laughs> but but all that say that, it's really rare in the music industry to talk to someone like you who's yeah. been in it since probably teenage years to being a full grown man and and never he, never he, stepping away from it yeah, yeah. always doing it, it, it yeah. exactly and not had a phase even 
right you, you know well I, I'm, I'm definitely the drinking is yeah, escalated yeah. more than i'd probably like it to <laughs> but it, it's become a necessary means to an end at this point well you know? I, I i get it I like totally i mean especially like you know when you're you're doing pub gigs and they're they're paying you well i mean this is the food on your table and stuff like that mm. and you know that well the whiskey you know, comes free a yeah. lot of the times but then there's the shots i start playing songs that people like and yeah but that that gets me back to my original points. Like being a pub musician, you have to learn songs that you wouldn't necessarily listen to or like mm-hmm. because people are requesting them. And then by doing this, you start to you start to see a relation between every style of music, be it Lady Gaga to Motorhead. It's mm-hmm. all written with the same chords. Okay, right. you could sit there and shit on anything you want, but at the end of the day, it's all written with the same chords. It's how it's delivered. It's like a good comedian just mm-hmm. delivers their thing their way. So. I learned to appreciate things that I, I found uh, I wouldn't have appreciated staying in original music. If I was in Capone's, it would have been much more narrow, you know, Sid Vicious style, yeah. fuck the world attitude. Yeah. But when, when you get a little, uh, you get a little older, you start being more open-minded you, mm-hmm. and you get, uh, you have to play, I mean, you want to make it in music uh, on any platform. you got to be a little bit more respectful of everything that's around you. Yeah. You know? Within reason. No, I, I got you. And I, I think a lot of people do go through that too, right? right? And maybe maybe some of us stick on it as well. But, you know, uh, the whole thing of like, this is what I'm going to do and fuck everything else. Right, right, know, right. I was the only music that's yeah. good. And, you know, I'm awesome and you're shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> suck this to me. Fuck you. Yeah, you know? man. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what's really cool, I mean, like about whatever level of music, and I don't, I don't even think it levels is a good word for it. It's just, you know, there's all these different venues and formats styles uh you know and all this kind of thing but i mean at the end of the day music's bringing joy to someone right we're winning the battle right away you know that's a good point (laughs) that you say about level because yeah just because you're playing arenas doesn't make you necessarily better Mm -hmm. definitely not better musicians or whatever right or your music is better it's just it appeals to that that demographic at that time commercial music just became a thing and That's where they landed. Dang. See, I always like that quote that probably the best guitar, and who could ever say who is the best or anything like that, but the best guitar player in the world sitting in his bedroom right now and nobody ever heard of him, right? Probably. probably. <laughs> yeah, man. But most people did hear anything. <laughs> oh! <laughs> there you go. So now we know where you're coming from. <laughs> now, you've done a lot of things. I want to get away from the guitar tech uh, point from now uh, for a moment. Now, you also, you started on drums. Mm. You play guitar today. I know for a fact you played bass in, uh, for a long time as well. You sing. You record albums. Well, I I was uh, I do I did a lot of session work. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy behind the board so much. Right. I was a sound man. Well, I did sound for oh, you okay. guys. And even, sound man, right. That's right. But those those years are a bit blurry in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to make them blurry in mine too. <laughs> right. not, not because of your band, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just, uh, I wasn't. It wasn't the. Um, it wasn't my calling. Mm-hmm. I like. I liked it when it went well. Yeah. But when you're you're trying to sugarcoat things that aren't easy to sugarcoat, yeah, it's stressful because everything's everyone's looking at you when they hear feedback and they don't mm-hmm. realize what you're dealing with yeah, on yeah. the stage. It's sometimes it's not always the best scenario, right? Exactly. So it, it's but 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 still, at the end of the day, they're looking at you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's rare somebody's like, "Man, say, hey, sound man, you did a great job tonight." Right. And I'm not not talking musicians say that to sound man a lot, right? You know, but from the crowd, is you know, it's either. There's no comment because it's good, or yeah. there's tons of comment because it's shit, right? Well, there's the other <laughs> end of it, too. Like, oh, make my son loudest, or <clears throat> if your son is shit, I, I don't really want him. You know, right. I got to look at the greater good. I'm sorry. Sorry yeah, you man. didn't give him enough guitar lessons. You know? 
<laughs> but I, I, I'm always uh, intrigued by people that play all the instruments as well. That, that form a typical rock band. I'm talking like, you know, uh, bass, uh, drums, guitar, and whatever else that goes along with it. Because I do have a feeling that people that play multiple instruments tend to, not always, but tend to have more of a global vision of the song and how it's all working together. Yeah, and as, how a band works together. Yeah, well, well, that's it, you know, you, you've all met Guitar Head that's, you know, just wants right. his lead sound as number one, everything else is on the back burner, you right. know, not thinking about the whole song and how it's all working. But how did it affect you? Like, you know, you started on drums your first time? on drums, yeah. Playing guitar, did it have an effect on your guitar playing? Well, every instrument I learned had an effect on whatever else I learned mm -hmm. along the way. First it was drums, then it was bass. And all the while, I'd be noodling on guitars. Like when I was in Pushing Up Daisies, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd take one of the guitar players' uh, guitars home. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to write songs, so I'd come up with riffs. So I knew I knew a little bit. Like I had no theory in my pocket. Yeah. But it was, I mean, Dave Grohl didn't really have any theory either. Right? Well, that's it. He eh? just knew it sounded good and he, and he made sense of it. And so... Um, as as the years would pass by, like I'd be, you know, some people would see me play guitar. I'm like, hey, do you want to kind of help out my band? I, I I do one offs in Ottawa with this band called uh, the band F, okay. the E F, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, just playing secondary guitar, you know, kind of indie rock, and, and then I would be on drums with this other band, and just kind of like spreading all over the place. But and and so while you're doing this, you're just sponging, you're absorbing how different people work and how songs are written, and how instruments are played, and mm -hmm. how they play off each other. And but even as a kid, like. Before I learned how to play uh, instruments, like I liked Van Halen the band. Right. I didn't like Eddie Van Halen, just Eddie. I mean, we, to me, Alex Van Halen is one of the most underrated rock drummers mm -hmm. of all time. People never really talk about him because Eddie's just so there, and Roth is so there. <laughs> like, like where where does Alex fit in there? But right. when you when you listen to anybody trying to play Van Halen. The, the first thing that you get, I see a lot of guys imitating Eddie and coming kind of close mm -hmm. here and there, but I've never seen a guy nail Alex. Right. I've right, right. never seen a guy nail that, that mm -hmm. sound, that, that the washy symbol and that mm -hmm. pingy snare. Like I'm so boom, happy to boom. hear you say that though. Like, a, you know, about hearing the music. Right. As a whole, right. as opposed to separate it into the individual pieces right away, which right. a lot of people tend to do, especially, I don't know why, but guitar players a lot, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, because I think they're, well, for multiple reasons. One is they're probably <laughs> trying to, you know, see, find out that magical blowjob note there, and they're all trying searching for Everybody it. Everybody starts their instrument for their own reasons. <laughs> right. I, mean, I, I didn't start music to get girls. I started music because I liked it. Like, mm -hmm. It was my escape. I come from a rough childhood. Like, mm -hmm. There was a lot of fighting in the house, and... Music just, it's funny, there was no musicians in the house, there was no music in the house. It was okay. silence or fighting. Mm -hmm. and, and music was just kind of got me out of it. Playing music kept me out of trouble, it kept me away from the fights, and, mm -hmm. and it, it brought me something positive in life. And it's funny, because in that day and age, in the 80s, when you were listening to hard rock, that or, or punk, or anything that's yeah. not really safe back then, you were, that was what was causing your trouble. But these <laughs> fucking hypocrites, you know, I got... My dad upstairs, who doesn't even listen to music, and he's there fighting. It's like, well, maybe you should listen to music, Dad. Well, that's it, you know. Maybe a little John Denver or something, you know. Like, uh, yeah, like, whatever, call, cool it out. Right? Cool it out. Like, uh, my last guest, uh, Danny Rebel, uh, painted this. Yeah. Joe's drummer. I see. Came that. up in your era. Now, I've heard you do Clash songs before. I love the Clash, I have. Yeah. Now, what did you start to play when you first started playing music? What, what, like, do you remember that moment, the first day, whether it was drums, guitar, or bass, or whatever? Do you remember, like, oh, I'm going to play this or try to play this? Well, I mean, I, I, I tried to play Van Halen, but I think ACDC made more sense at right. that level. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I think I could learn back in black. <laughs> I, I remember Electric from the Cult. Mm -hmm. I think I learned every instrument on that album 
through and through. I could almost memorize every lick on that. Did you know that one of the first major concerts I ever went to, I remember there was me, Stu, and a couple other friends. Stu's one of my best friends. Uh, We took the train to Ottawa, and the cult just came out with Electric. And that's And they were opening up. Nope. They were opening up for Billy Idol. Oh, they were opening for Billy. Yeah, Idol. yeah. Because yeah. later on that tour, GNR opened up for them. I, exactly. You know, um, it was, you know, that's how it works. In the yeah, world, really right? fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were like Billy Idol was still on fire coming out of the vagina. You know, right? Yeah, he's nuts uh, on stage like their legs spread. But the cult were a mess up. back then too. And, and the cult though, they were on. Fire. Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had just come out with Electric that's like, our, the hard time. Realm, yeah. You know, so both bands were like hungry and attacking. Right. Yeah, Billy in 87 was still going. Well, that's it. You know, yeah. the Charmed Life uh, tour just yeah, came exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. I need a Steve Stevens. Was a maniac. Forget about it. Yeah, yeah, man. He plays laser guns. Another on one guitar. of the most Woo-hoo! underrated <laughs> guitar players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. But uh, <laughs> I remember that at uh, that era. And uh, I remember thinking right away when that album came out how the cult really just like you know they start out there the southern death cult and then they open yeah. their, their dream I had all those albums oh yeah man yeah. me too I had I them had on vinyl fun. live at Lyceum and stuff yeah. like that it was a big one but then it's like they, they, they got hit by the ACDC bug you know what I mean right. they came out with Electric I loved Electric because it, it, although it sounded like ACDC it still had their stamp on yeah. it I mean Ian Asprey's voice fantastic yeah. yeah still good too yeah you know I, I know I, I heard unless Warner's drums on that are, are incredible yeah, yeah. so so I, I when when you started playing playing the like music and you're like okay I can play you know kind of but I actually really loved Prince song. growing up you know Prince, I, you know everybody says oh you play all these instruments when yeah. you think you're Dave Grohl I'm like no no <laughs> I wish I was Prince like Dave Grohl's adorable but Prince is I'm so happy to hear you say that Prince plays better on each instrument than anyone in his own band yeah Dave Grohl's probably a better drummer <laughs> and that's where it stops I remember right? my twelfth birthday now I, I you have to understand I was I grew up in the country, like totally country. I had to ski from the school bus to the house, okay? And uh, my 12th birthday came along, and I went to a French Catholic elementary school in Van Kill, Ontario, with one traffic light, right? And uh, my mom said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And Purple Rain had just come out. Right. I said, I want My first album, by the way. Oh, yeah? I love it. Stay Hungry and Purple Rain. Right. Stay Hungry. (laughs) And I met Dee Snyder once, and I said, Stay Hungry was the first album I ever wrote. He goes, yeah, I hear that. I'm like, yeah, I got that and Purple Rain at the same time. He goes, yeah, I've never really heard that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so so I I drove to uh, Ottawa with my mom and and my friends, and like I said... French Catholic school in right. the country said we're gonna go see this uh, movie called Purple Rain by Prince, <laughs> right. and they're like, "All right, we're and we're gonna eat spaghetti on the way. It'll be really good. Come with me, guys." You know, so we went there. They're all like, "What the hell is this?" No, right. man, I was captivated by that movie the whole time because yeah. I'd already had like the 1999 vinyl yeah. before that too. I was Great all album, over yeah. it, right? <laughs> and everything pre 1999, mm-hmm. he played every instrument on. It's incredible. The first four albums. I've yeah. always been a huge, huge yeah. Prince fan. And uh, like say like that guy could just jam on guitar like crazy, you know. He'll do his big People show. Don't even know. He'll do yeah. his big show and go end up the night in a small club yeah, with the, the with the whole other band that he brings on tour with him, and then just jam out for hours after playing two and a half yep. hours. Yeah, it's nuts. That's the man. kind of guy he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it blows me away. He really he, he lived to play music. You know? mm-hmm. Those guys are 
they're not they're not easy to come by. No, nah, yeah. man. No. I was I was literally sad when he 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 kicked the bucket, you know. <laughs> For me it was a big one, you know, like I, he influenced me a lot. Like he was one of my favorite instruments uh, instrumentalists and songwriters. I loved I had all those albums. Everything yeah. up until Sign of the Times or Parade, I think. Which I loved that song. I wasn't crazy about that album, but that song Sign of the Times, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, the album as a whole, it couldn't it didn't necessarily need to be a double album, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of good stuff on there though. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Now, you are a cat lover. Oh, yeah. I know this because I follow you on Instagram. Follow Steve Creep on Instagram and you yeah, will see either, lots of pictures of his cat. It's either I'm promoting my gigs or, a, or, or his cat or me trying to get out of bed and the cats are on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Did you always have animals uh, no, with you? No, I, I, you know, my first cat was, I was in grade six and there was this cat coming coming around the house and my dad would always be like, I don't want any animals around here. I was scared away. <laughs> so I'd scare it away and then run around the fence and go, come back, come back. You know? yeah, so yeah, the yeah. cat loved me and my dad could never figure out why this fucking cat wouldn't stop coming back but was like secretly luring He, he liked their hot dogs, right? <laughs> he wasn't, my dad was a weird guy. Like I, I don't know what it was about him but he, he, he loves animals mm-hmm. but he didn't want a pet for whatever reason. So he'd How always, weird. he'd play really tough, you know, and then when the cat would come in, we would be like, well, like dad, look, it's in the house now and, and it, it and eventually started sleeping in the basement and he didn't seem to have a, too much of a problem with it until mm. one day it had fucking five babies. You know? <laughs> and then he had five problems with it. Yeah, right? yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, I thought it was fat. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was pregnant. It was looking for a place yeah. to nest. That's I, what it was doing. Right, right. Cat, cats will do that, right? Right. Yeah. So it chose our house because, mm-hmm. well, we were letting it in and, you know, feeding it and giving it love. And, I bet you, Anthony, that when you weren't around, the cat probably went to your dad and your dad was like, He's watching him well, hang out with the cat a bit, you know? <laughs> even even today, if my dad comes to my house, he stands there and he looks, he won't bend down and he won't pet the cat, mm-hmm. but I, I, if the cat rubs him against him, look, he's still nice to it. I would go home some years after leaving home and that same cat, Mitzi, She'd be on his lap. He'd be asleep in, in his rocking chair with the TV on. Yeah. And the cat would be like just on his lap. So he loved cats and they loved him. He just didn't want to show it. Yeah. He was kind of like that as a human in general. See, so. I'm happy to hear this because I do believe that there are a couple of things in this world that make the world and people better. I believe that a person that's really into music and really likes animals is probably not going to hurt other people as much. I like to you think know? that. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I like to, th- I like to think that. Except for the ones with true. those crazy fucking sketched out cats little ears they're always attacking you i met one like yeah i didn't like that one so much (laughs) well my my most recent cat was a she's a mom with a a a daughter and uh she she was aggressive when we got her like my girlfriend at the time kind of like chose her out with me and i was like i don't know about this man like (laughs) i had kitty for 20 years she was the most amazing cat ever and and so going i I wasn't even ready for a new cat but she saw how it was affecting me not having my cat around she's like you need you need one you need one so Ever have dogs? I never had dogs. No. I, I, no, I had dogs with ex-girlfriends, but it was always the ex-girlfriends who chose the dogs. Right, right. And I was okay with it. I didn't mind it, mm-hmm. but they would eat my CDs. And but then you have to break up with the girl and the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a musician who works as much as I do, it's it's just hard to have a dog around. I totally I'm alone. It. Yeah. You know, if I had a girlfriend and 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 I knew that she was gonna stick around, <laughs> maybe a dog would make sense. Right. I've been on that road twice and it didn't work out. Yeah, so. for sure. And uh, like cats, they're fairly independent. You put a, leave a bunch of food and you can go yeah. to your gig and they're all. They'll yell at yeah. me in the morning or the weekend when I get back. And when I was on tour, man, I had three people feeding my cats. <laughs> you got the whole team. <laughs> I, had, I had to assemble a team. I, yeah. I went out. I went to a store. I, I duplicated my key. I mean, everybody can walk in my house now. It's mm-hmm. probably like. It's like a whorehouse in there. Everyone's got the key. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, what's next for Mr. Steve Creep? What you got going on? Um, 
Well, I, I'm just going to keep playing solo right now uh, mm-hmm. uh, during the week. Yeah. Sundays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, all that. I take Monday off. This is like my weekend, so this is me on my day off. <laughs> well, that's musicians don't uh, have weekends, right? <laughs> we don't have days off. You know? Right, oh, right. This is why I'm single. I don't know how you maintain what you got, but <laughs> I'm a very lucky man. Yeah, yeah. Just keep drugging her or whatever that's it is you're right, doing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, Baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's uh, uh, girls that don't like taking a back seat to mm-hmm. uh, how much I love what I do. Yeah. So. But, no, I um, understand that, man. And there's a lot that goes down. I have to learn a lot of songs. Like we, mm-hmm. once you learn your dozen songs for your tour or whatever yeah. it is you do, you're pretty set in stone. But I mean, for me, it's like I, I'm, like with all the projects I got, I got to constantly learn new songs. Mm-hmm. I got to constantly keep up with booking gigs, organizing musicians in all the different bands. I mean, see, you take care of the booking as well, right? Yeah, that's a good chunk right there. I'm and sure. I just did a gig. Um, on Saturday with like 17 musicians on stage it was just madness. oh my god all, play- all stones we had four drummers <laughs> mm-hmm. but two drummers on stage at a time so they'd rotate three guitar players percussion bass sax harmonica keys two backup vocals lead singer I mean Man, not only do I find it hard enough to manage myself and, you know, the guys in a small band, how the hell do you organize 17 musicians? <laughs> That's Dan O'Peace, man. He, right. It was all his uh, hard work, you know. He really, he's got an idea. He wants to make a thing called the Montreal Rock Orchestra. So that's okay. one thing that I'm... Oh, well. You're that's one thing that it. I'm involved in right now, and I don't know how frequent that's going to be because it's it's a big thing. He wants to do like bigger um, corporate style shows okay. because that's what it's geared for. Mm-hmm. If you're you're going to make any money out of it, especially. You know? Right, with 17 people on it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough to divide. We're all going to McDonald's at the end of the night, pretty right. much. You know, so um, there's that, and then there's the uh, I got my band, The Jones, which is just like a, a trio, a rock mm-hmm. trio where I play guitar. And I sing, and, and we do all kinds of music, everything from you know funk and, and disco to rock and punk and everything. Yeah. Well, if you ask for it, chances are I'll come close to it. <laughs> if I don't know it, you have a huge repertoire in your yeah, hand. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. like I've always like that's what I think led me towards playing covers was I was I've always loved learning songs. Mm-hmm. Even when I was be on tour with bands, you know, they'd be like, "Oh, you seen the, we'd noodle on guitar at parties? They'd all be drinking and smoking, right?" And I just want to play guitar, so I'm I'm that guy. <laughs> the show ends, and I'm you know, if I was on drums all night, I'll play guitar afterwards. Right, right, right. And Frank Hannon's like that. He finishes in the arenas. We got out of Quebec City at one o'clock in the morning. Def Leppard were already in the next sound, and we were we were sitting there just playing guitar. So he's. See, I, I he's like, like that. You know, that's a true musician. That's a true musician. You know, whether yeah. he was big or small, he'd still be playing his guitar, right? You don't see that a lot. <laughs> like, a guy who doesn't need to do that, I yeah. mean, he just does. I mean, Tesla is his job, per se. He, yeah. He made his his living at it, and now he, he has a passion to, to write different music, but he's... He's known as Frank Hammond from Tesla, so mm-hmm. he has to live with that. And Absolutely. That's, that's, God, there are way worse <laughs> yeah, yeah, things right? in this world to be known for living as. But Hi, my name's Mark. I work at the bank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, or even Ever hear of me? <laughs> but uh, so he's got a, he, he wants to keep playing music on all levels. He, he's mm-hmm. not just a rock musician, for one. Right. He's got a lot of dynamics to him, so... Mm-hmm. He wants to outlet all that too, and he's still like a little kid. We're, we're listening to like, man, we were listening to uh, what's that guy does, uh, old Carolina. Oh right, right, oh, right. I only we were, we were listening to Shaggy backstage. He was he was loving it. He was I'm dancing like, with Are you it. Fucking kidding me. This guy. Hey, you take influence from everywhere, man. I, and and it goes to show he's he's uh, he's a lot like me in that mindset where if it's mm-hmm. good, he'll like it. He'll latch on to something yeah. there, and, and he's still a kid and passionate about it. So I still I still like playing uh, music, even though I do it every day. I, yeah. I need my days off now and then more for my mental state. Mm-hmm. The pub world is it's surrounded by a lot of weird characters, as yeah. you could imagine. 
So but see, that's not an easy gig when you think about it. I mean, how many nights a week you're in the pub? Well, if you're last not year, on the road, I or did 315 like shows last year. <laughs> Step up your game. <laughs> so that it's you know playing that much music is not a challenge in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, it's mentally being prepared to do it right. every day. Yeah. To, like I'm I'm an introvert a lot of the times. People mm-hmm. think I'm always loud and I'm drinking. I know what you mean about that. But there are days where I just I, and you can see just some guys complain that I don't get on stage right away. Mm-hmm. I pull the Axl Rose. <laughs> I, I, I go on sometimes like an hour late, like. I just, uh, I, I don't want to get up there, but I got to force myself. I yeah. got to find that thing that, that, that motivates me. And normally about two, three songs in, you're all good to go. You find yourself there. You find yourself there, yeah. yeah get normally by two, three songs, it's two, three shots. Two. <laughs> right? Well, well, that's it, you know. Yeah. But uh, you're doing what? Three sets a night? Uh... Yeah, I'm supposed to do three sets a night, but I end up doing two massive sets. Right, right. Like I'll do like a two-hour set to start the night, yeah. which is already pretty much my mandate for the whole night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my record is six hours and 22 minutes with uh, Capones. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's about four Always... hours too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't speak or feel your hands the next uh-huh. day, but... Um... Everyone wonders why I get the energy, but the energy comes from the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you start exercising, you have more energy. Absolutely. You know, and there is the fine line of, of partying and, and too hard and, and working yourself to the... I, I have worn myself out once or twice, but I, I, I just find a way to pace myself for the next two weeks. Instead of stop, right, right. I pace myself. And push you know. through it. Have you heard about the uh, Montreal Calling show coming up uh, no. in Montreal? Oh, 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 the, oh yeah, the, the, the Clash thing. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking to Mitch about that, and uh, I would love to be a part of it, but right, right. right now we got to figure out the schematics of all that. Yeah. I just think you're, you're on that, aren't you? I'm not allowed to say that I'm on that yet. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, I, got, I got other commitments before that. <laughs> right. I, I, it's, it's, it's been talked about with, with us. Yeah, buddy. So I, I, I'm not on it yet, but yeah, yeah. I'd like to see it work out, and yeah. so would he. But I gotta actually contact him in the next couple of mm-hmm. days, and we'll talk just about I find that. it so cool because like you're saying, like the Clash or some of the first duet, it, like you know songs that you played, and that you know I know I've heard you. I've been in a pub when Steve's played before, and I heard yeah. him singing. Hey, and oh yeah, you do it real good. Too, I'll do know? like Train in Vain and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah. People are like, well, the pub guy doesn't normally do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fantastic. So listen. It's great having you on here. Yeah, We're going to wrap it up with uh, what you got coming up. Though, so, yeah, like I said, uh, you- everything, everything playing everywhere. Like, honestly, I, I, like, I took a trip out to Vegas and I want to try and get my, uh, my hand in the States a little bit mm-hmm. and doing different kinds of gigs there. Right, big baby? <laughs> and then I want to, uh, I want to play, uh, I just want to keep playing on, on any capacity. I'll, I'll be a hired gun. I did just for last, last year on bass. So. Oh, cool. The phone rings and I deal with it, mm-hmm. you know, and if the phone doesn't ring, then I pick up the phone and I deal with it. Yeah, man. So at the end of the day, I uh, I just hunt gigs down and it, it could be on any capacity, original music. I play with Playhouse. Right, right. We just opened up for, uh, what, what, we got Helix coming up. We did <laughs> well, where'd they be? What, what was that song? Rocky! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just did Buck Cherry and we did, uh, we did Buck Cherry, we did Dead Daisies and, uh, LA Guns, we're, we're like the the default hard rock opening band, right? In Montreal. Right. Hey, that's a good thing. So then. that's all, like a Motley Crue style band, you yeah. know, like all originals. Yeah, yeah. I, I love doing that because that's my, sure. my my roots right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, uh, any anything on any capacity, I'll play with indie rockers and right up to the most polished mm-hmm. and even metal and stuff like that if it, it was the right kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. Fantastic, Whatever, Steve. Thanks for coming on to K-Man Don't Know Shit. And uh, if ever you're in a pub in Montreal or around or you hear music, chances are this man has been there or he still is there. Catch you guys (laughs) later. Peace out. Later. Hello.
Oh, came in no no shit.